0: Grace United Methodist Church, loving as God intends through helping, healing, and home. Good morning. So, today is the um, our second Sunday in the season of Lent, and we're continuing to move along with the devotional that hopefully you've, you're participating in. It's been the reading plan now for over a year to get us through Scripture, and it's going to end the uh, on Palm, well, let's see, it ends the Saturday before Easter, we'll end the reading plan, but uh, we're continuing to follow along. And so, our Scripture this morning comes from the... Uh, the book Ezekiel, and we're going to be reading this morning from Ezekiel chapter 17, and I'm going to be reading verses 22 through 24. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will take a branch from the top of a tall cedar and I will plant it on the top of Israel's highest mountain. It will become a majestic cedar, sending forth its branches and producing seed Birds of every sort will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branches. And all the trees will know that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives the dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's Word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be able to, to gather together, even, even though it's remotely. We thank you for the technology that allows us to, to be a community of faith, to, to experience a communion And this morning, as as we together turn to your word, we pray that that you might open our ears to hear. But even more than hearing, that that those words might penetrate our, our soul. And that we might be transformed into the people that you've called and created us to be. I pray this morning for a clarity of thought so that as I speak, it be the words that you have for us and that you would hide me behind your cross so that what we experience here today is, is you, your power, your, your grace and your mercy, your love, your righteousness, and your justice. We pray all this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. So this passage of Scripture in chapter 17, it comes in the midst of this overwhelmingly negative oracles that that you've been reading, if you're reading along, that that take up chapters 4 through 24. There's just these continuous negative oracles about, about the destruction at the hands of Babylon and, and how th- you know, all of this is the is result of, of God punishing and, and trying to correct the, uh, the Israelites and uh, the Judeans. And, and then all of a sudden, right, right there at the end of chapter 17, almost without explanation, it shifts. In, in the moment of all of this negative stuff, there's a shift. And, and, the, and we begin to hear the Lord proclaiming a plan by which God is going to personally replant the cedar's topmost sprout upon the, the highest mountain in Israel. And it's, it's with profound trust in the Lord's enduring commitment to Israel. That Ezekiel begins to assert that, that the same God who brings the house of David to this dishonorable end that we've been reading about, it's, a ser- it's this very same God who at that very moment is also planning its future exaltation. Now, for us as we read this and we read about this this future plan of of redeeming israel and a commitment to this plan what we begin to understand is that god's commitment to israel in this moment is the same thing as commitment to god's plan for reconciling the world as we begin to see that that even though the israelites have found themselves in this circumstance it doesn't mean that God's plan to use Israel for the redemption of the world, for the restoration, the reconciliation of the entire world is not going to happen. In, in fact, what, what these few short verses tell us is that even in those moment of darkness where it seems like all hope is lost, God is going to be faithful to God's plan for restoration. So Ezekiel's portrait of this reconciled world is a peaceable kingdom where, where amid the, the great cedar's branches, every bird nest, nests safely. Ezekiel 17 reminds us that the metaphors that we employ to talk about the, the future, they're not inconsequential. In fact, to the contrary, they, they play a role in shaping the future. And because we build what we envision. In one of the books that Jaron's reading right now for seminary, the, the author wrote, um, I cannot fully understand, I cannot fully, I cannot answer the question, who am I, without giving consideration to where am I? And And so what we begin to see is that the way that we understand our surroundings, the way that we understand the world, has a deep impact on shaping who we are. And so this vision that we have for the world around us, the the way that we begin to see the world around us, the hopes that we have for the world around us, shapes who we are as people. Now this passage insists that all nations will acknowledge the Lord's unparalleled sovereignty and power. Indeed, the, the, the presence of the recognition formula in 17, chapter 17, verse 24a, where it says this, and all the trees will know that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. This, this recognition formula it confirms that worldwide acknowledgement of Israel's God is actually a primary goal of God's plan to reestablish and glorify David's line. The goal in in reestablishing and planting the the cedar is so that God will be known worldwide among all the nations. And so the great reverser God who brings low the high tree and exalts the low tree demonstrates that power which transcends every human expectation. What this means for us is that we can hear hope. We can can cling, right? Last week we talked about this idea of trust. Who do you trust? In, In the midst of our circumstances, no matter what they are, No matter what happens in this world, in the end, God's grace and mercy will be known and experienced everywhere by everyone. The last part of the chapter, it turns the fable around. Now the Lord would take a branch from the cedar tree and plant it on Israel's highest mountain. And this is like other places in the Old Testament where this tree imagery stands for the royal line. We talk about that in, in Advent, how when we come in and we, at the hang of the greens and we have the cedar, we talk about how the cedar represents the, this royal line. And what's happening is there's a new shoot representing a fresh start. The judgment upon the vine is not going to end the monarchy after all, is what Ezekiel's telling us. God would plant a fresh branch that's going to grow into a more majestic cedar than the first cedar had ever been. And as I I think about this, this this promise of a new beginning, even in the midst of all of our circumstances, the question that I have is this. Do we hold on to the present even though the future could be even greater? Are we we clinging to, to what we have, even though if we were willing to let it go, it could be so much better. You see, the, the fear, if, if we remember the quote from, from the book in, that Jaron's reading, it, it's not really a fear about a changing of circumstances. What we're afraid is that as our circumstances change, it, it means we no longer know who we are. When I was in eighth grade, and I've shared, you know, some of my people ask me where I'm from and I talk about this, but when I was in eighth grade, there was, I think, six weeks left in, in the school year. And my dad got a job in, in St. Petersburg, Florida. And so we moved from Cleveland, Ohio, to St. Petersburg. And I remember there was some excitement at first, like when we heard, there was some, there was some sadness because at that point, most of our family still lived in the Cleveland the greater Cleveland area in Ohio there but so but there was excitement because you know Florida and and we had gone on vacations and and um, you know I wasn't really sure what to expect it was gonna be a new adventure but I remember the day that my my aunt Judy came to pick me up and she brought my cousin Matt who's about five years younger than I am and and we got I got I got loaded up in the car with them, and I was going to go back to their house because we were going to spend the night there before heading to Florida the next morning. And so my mom and dad stayed to finish getting the van loaded up and everything, the, the moving van. And I remember as we turned off the road, I, I burst into tears. As we turned off Rosebell, which is the street that I lived on, I remember just bursting into tears, and, and my Aunt Judy stopped the car, and she asked me if I wanted to go back. And, and I just remember like saying, I'm never going to see my friends again. And, and, and who I was, it wasn't really, it wasn't even so much about moving that from the house. It was, it was that who I was, my identity was so wrapped up into that, that I, was, I was, felt like I was losing everything. And I remember when I graduated from college, because, because from that moment on, like as I lived in Florida, all I kept thinking about was how I wanted to go back to Cleveland. And so when I graduated from college, I moved back to Cleveland, and I and I headed out to to our street, Roseville, and I dropped in on friends, and I and I realized that it wasn't as great as I remembered. And I can't help but wonder, like, if I hadn't just spent those years longing to go back, how much more could have I appreciated those years that I had? Are we willing to to let go of what we have, the good and the bad, in order to begin to grasp a better future that God has for us? None of us, if if we're honest with ourselves as people of faith, none of us should be so, so worried about clinging to the way things are when we acknowledge that the kingdom of God is not here yet. But but we have this promise. Even in the midst, even in the midst of these these, these, these horrible, overwhelming, negative oracles, we still hear that Ezekiel says that there's this hope, there's this promise of a kingdom. And, and so what he says is although that the the, although the dynasty of of kings has reached a dead end in Zedekiah. A new beginning is not only possible, but it's inevitable in God's time. Our world changing is inevitable. The question is, as people of faith, do we believe it's going to get better? Or are we clinging to what we have and what we know because we're afraid it's going to get worse? Are we afraid, or are we hopeful? Are we beaten down, or or are we finding ourselves uplifted? God cuts the the tall tree down, and he makes the short tree grow tall. He gives the dead tree new life, enabling birds of every sort, which, which, by the way, represent the nations he gives he gives the birds the, the opportunity to find shelter and shade under the branches of the new regime god's promise of eternal throne of an eternal throne for david it's not going to ultimately be thwarted by the failures of david's descendants the kings of judah because one day the dynasty of david in the person of jesus would once again be raised up as a source of blessing for all nations. Amen.